0: At Woodside Bible Church, we gather each week to pursue God by studying His Word together. Thanks for tuning into our series, The Follower's Trail Guide, Navigating the Path of Jesus, where we're asking the question, what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus? As we walk through Jesus' farewell discourse to His followers in the book of John, we'll learn to follow in the steps of Christ as He marks out the way of discipleship for us. Thank you for being here. How are you feeling? Wow. Are you cold? Oh, man. Wow. The weather changed. Where was the, like, 40 or 50 degree weather, everyone? It was 70s and 60s, and then now it's, like, gloves and scarves and jackets. Man, it's, amen. oh. 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 Sorry, I just threw up a little, okay. Uh, here's the thing, guys. I'm glad to be back. I missed you last week. I was down in the great land of Fre- French Lick, Indiana. Yes, look it up on a map. And uh, I was uh, missing you guys, but Loreno, I heard, did an amazing job bringing the word. We are so grateful to have him in our church So I went on a trip, and of course, going on a trip, you need to pack. And so I was thinking about a question, do I have everything I need? All right, who here, when they go on a trip, and they have to think through all the details, gets crazy stressed out? Do we have anyone here who's like, okay, do I have this, do I have that? Okay, so I was trying to think of a time. This last trip, I didn't have anyone other than myself. So it was like, do I have socks? Do I have underwear? Do I have a shirt? I'm good to go. You know what I mean? It was very, very simple. But usually, I have these little critters that I call children running around. And, and these little critters, they always have like five or ten more things that I don't even know if we need them. But they, but they want them. So I remember one trip in particular where I was anxious I was nervous, and it was this trip that I had. Actually, I was going to go north into Kokomo, Indiana. In Kokomo, Indiana, which isn't tropical at all, even though the name is Kokomo, uh, I was going to go do a wedding, and this was the time when we had our two foster kids. Uh, We have our three kids, and then, of course, my wife and I. So seven people, and I don't know why we decided to stay in one hotel room. So here we are, a newborn baby, our two-year-old, our six-year-old, our eight-year-old, our 17-year-old, me, right, myself, my wife, and we're like, okay, do we have the pack and play? Um, Do we have everyone's nice dress up clothes for the wedding? Do we have, you know, a couple days of clothes? And and it was just so much packing. And, And we got everything, and then we moved in, and just moving your stuff to the hotel room is a whole ordeal, too, and then moving it out. And so the day of the wedding, I get everything moved from the room to the car, and I'm dressing my suit, and I'm looking good. I won't lie. You know, I'm looking, I'm looking not bad. I, I was wearing this thing called a tie. Have you guys heard of one of those? Um, so I was wearing a tie, and so I'm like, okay, I'm good to go. We got everything. We got chargers, toothbrushes, all that stuff. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Where's my wedding notes? Where's my wedding notes? So I have this nice binder and my wedding notes in it. And so I go back in the room. It's gone. I go to the, the, the housekeepers and where is it? There I go. We don't know. Can you look in the trash? Can you look? And I'm looking everywhere. I mean, I'm an hour away from the wedding. I have none of my notes. So then they look everywhere. Nothing disappeared, vanished. Still to this day have no clue where they are. So I go to the computer. In (laughs) I didn't have my computer, I had nothing. Go to the computer in the lobby and I and I somehow, thank you Apple, (laughs) my notes were attached to the cloud. Whatever this cloud, cumulus crowd, status crowd, I don't know. And 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 so I was able to get it, then I printed it, and then I ran to a dollar store and I got one of those dollar binders. (laughs) right? And I get to them and like, oh good, you're here. And I'm like, I was, I was probably the closest I ever was to having a panic attack, right? And so when I think about going on a trip and then, and then getting everything you need, man, it, it, it can be very stressful. And so now let me segue in to what we're talking about today when it has everything to do with our faith. Most people They might say, okay, I want to go on this journey with the Lord and and this, you know, with a follower's trail guide and navigating the path of life. But if we're honest with ourselves, we struggle to think that we have everything we really need to follow Jesus. And we might say, oh, yes, you know, in regard to this and that, yeah, I have these resources and that's great. But the problem is that we have this tug-of-war that's happening with things that our flesh desires and and things that the world desire. And and we think that we can find a way to marry both of them. And we believe in the kingdom of God, that that it's coming, that he's returning, but yet we place more hope. In politicians and resources, and and, you know, weeks like this that are highly tense, I want to say it God is still on his throne. He is. Even if we wanted X, Y, and Z to go a certain way and it didn't, God is still in control. We still have everything we need to follow him in our faith to endure to the end. And even though there's so many things and areas of our life where we functionally struggle to believe, I believe Jesus has supplied everything we need for a life of godliness. I wrote this statement down. Jesus wants us not just to intellectually know the truth, he wants us, wants us to believe and experience it in our everyday life. You know, this is a, a very deep concept. and It's going to take a lot of self-awareness because a lot of us know a lot of stuff about this. <laughs> a lot of us know and have information overload. But it's another thing to say, do you believe it? Do you really believe in the power of prayer? Do you really believe that the Lord will sustain you through the exact trial you're facing today? Do you believe there's an answer And we got to trust him even if we don't have the answer right now. And so, in this final message in in Jesus' farewell discourse, John 13 through 16, we've talked for over 10 weeks on this, right? Digging in the scripture. And Jesus has been driving home over and over again that we have everything we need. He's talking to the disciples, and he's preparing them, saying you have everything you need. And so the big idea, I want to say it up front right now, is Jesus's victory provides us with everything we need to follow him. If you walk away with anything today, Walk away with that one statement is that Jesus, his victory provides us with everything we need to follow him. Now say it with me, Jesus' victory provides us with everything we need to follow him. Say it again, Jesus' victory provides us with everything we need to follow him. Do you believe it? I want it to sink into our soul and for us to walk away victorious. And so Jesus, in this last section that we're going to be talking through, he tells them three more resources they have. This is why you can be victorious. This is why you can know that you have everything you need to follow him. And the first thing he says is, hey, You have everything you need because you have access. You have access to to me. When you continue in your faith, when I go, you still have access to me. We're going to be in John chapter 16, starting in verse 25. If you guys can turn there. We're going to also put it up here. And we're going to read about the access that Jesus is talking about. This is what he says, John 16, 25. I have said these things to you in figures of speech. The hour is coming when I will no longer speak to you in figures of speech, but I will tell you plainly about the Father. In that day, you will ask in my name, and I do not say to you that I will ask the Father on your behalf, for the Father himself loves you. Because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. I came from the Father and have come into the world, and now I'm leaving the world and going to the Father. So I love this piece of scripture because he talks and, and gives confidence to the disciples. You have access, you, you have connection go back a couple chapters into John 14:1 he says let your hearts not be troubled believe God believe also in me and and in this moment of distress and anxiety there came the realization that Jesus was leaving and as Peter declared earlier in the text that Jesus was the Son of God to to now have him leaving? That, that's kind of a, a big thing, because we've said it from the beginning that they they thought that Jesus would come with a with a leadership. Politically, militarily, they thought, okay, he, he's gonna take over and overthrow the Roman government, and he's gonna lead us, and we're gonna be some of his generals and soldiers, and so they still were struggling with this concept. And so when they hear that Jesus is leaving, and then they hear that he has acts they have access. You can see why this is confusing. And then they say, and then he said, hey, you're going to see this plainly. He encourages the disciples that there's a time coming when they will get it. So I was trying to think of this scenario, right? So you have Jesus, and he's preparing the disciples over and over and over, right? He's talking about, uh, I am the vine, and you are the branches, and the Holy Spirit, and I'm going away. And, And just over the last three chapters, and I want to encourage you to go back and read through these chapters again when we're done with the series, John 13 through 16, all the ways that he's preparing them over and over and over again in many different ways. And they're still struggling, right? And so this is our last section. He's like, you're going to get it soon. You're going to see it plainly. And they're still battling it. And so when I think about access, and I, and I think about, you know, them, you know, struggling with this, I actually think about my little girl, Charlie. My little girl, Charlie, she's three. And, and maybe if your parent or grandparent, you understand what I'm about to say, when, when mommy or, or I go away, mainly when mommy goes away, <laughs> we have to do this thing where we, we get her attention away from mom. We're like, hey, come in the kitchen. We got candy or we got a show you can watch. And then she walks over like, ooh, you know. And then mom like literally slivers out the door, shuts it, turns on the car and drives. And by that time, she's at the window like, ah, right? You guys know what I'm talking about? It is like, we're some smooth criminals. You know what I'm saying? Like, my wife, she moonwalks out of there. And anyways, but we, we do this all the time, right? And so we're, we're, we're trying to uh, distract <laughs> because we know it's going to be a hard transition for her. And, you know, when Daddy leaves, she's like, bye, Father. <laughs> you know, have a blessed day. Don't come back too soon, <laughs> right? And um, but when Mommy goes, I mean it, it is... It is scary. <laughs> like the voices, the noises, the movements. You right, But we love our little girl. We found ways. She's getting smarter. She knows some of our tricks, but we evolve in time. But the thing is this. I was thinking about that where we're trying to distract her, and then we leave. Jesus didn't do that. <laughs> He explained over and over and over, I'm going away. He didn't try to deceive or or pull a hoax. He tried to prepare. He tried to affirm. It's going to be okay. You will get it you will understand plainly the hours coming will, where I won't say things in figures of speech. Gary Burge comments, he says, the hour is all about access. Jesus himself has mediated the Father's presence to the world. And now the Father himself is accessible. There is a new circle of fellowship which now includes not simply Jesus and the disciple, but Jesus, the disciple, and the Father. You see, Jesus, he was about to change everything. And they didn't understand yet that it was actually better, as he had said, Better that he was going. Because this access that is spoken of here is a result of new relationship that Jesus will provide. Like This is a good thing. You will have full access to the Father. And, and I know I love you, but, but he loves you and you will sp- you're going to be able to speak to him directly. I love how Augustine said it, the son does not ask the father, but the father and the son together hear those who ask. So Jesus, he sums up his entire mission in verse 28 demonstrating the scope of his entire life. I am going back to the father. I came through the incarnation And then I'm going to have my humiliation, my death. And then I'm going to leave the world, return to the Father. I'm going back. And because I'm going back, you're going to have full, unhindered access to the Father. I know we got some people here who love going to concerts. Has anyone here ever had an all-access pass to a concert? Okay? Don't be ashamed to say which one it was. Where was your all-access pass? Fleetwood Mac. Mac. Okay. Anyone else? All-access pass. Who else? Molly Crew? Awesome. Yes? Okay. Wow. Yes? Rod Stewart. Okay. Forever young. (laughs) I'm sorry. Yes? I'm so intrigued about our church. (laughs) We're amazing. Anyone else? All Access. Some people are embarrassed. I know. I know. Barry Manilow. Manilow. Wow. Oh, Mandy. Oh, man. Oh. You came and you gave without taking. Okay? All right. So here's the deal. (laughs) Yes. All right. Guys, think about All Access Pass. Like, you're... You got the badge. You don't have to go up to the scary security guard and, and be worried he's going to toss you out. You just say, hey, kind of a big deal. Let me in. You can go back. You can hang out. You can, you can enjoy the company of the worship, or worship, <laughs> Molly Crew. You can, you can enjoy being around these musicians and, and seeing how they really are. And, and you can get a, just the behind the scene of how things work. And, and so we think about Christ. Christ has given us an all-access pass. And even though we're struggling, right? The disciples are struggling that, that he's going, his all-access pass reunites, reunites, restores us relationally to the Father. We never have to fear drawing near. And that's why you hear scripture like Hebrews 10, 19-22. And it says, therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. You see, we needed to be renewed, restored, reconciled through the relationship and through the sacrifice of Jesus. Because of that, it should give us great motivation to go to the Father. When I'm reading this, when I'm studying this, digging in, you know what it does? It motivates me to want to talk to my Father. Wait, what? I have access to the Father. That Christ has made that bridge to the Father. Restoring it. As Scripture says in Hebrews four. 16, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in a time of need. We can go to the Father with confidence. Let's make this very practical. Because I know we got some people who are prayer warriors in this room. I know we have some people that we, we pray, we believe in prayer, but we also sometimes struggle <laughs> because we have guilt, because we have shame, because we have insecurity. Man, why would God want to talk to me? Why, why would he want me to draw near to him? Look at, look at my rags. Look at my sin, look at my warts. Look, look at my indifference. We see in the word, He wants you to draw to him. Come to him, talk to him. Struggles and all. Because when we go to the Father and we start, Leaning into him, he starts leaning back, right? Draw near to me, and and I will draw near to you. And so many of us think, man, I need to get my life right. I need to get things organized. I need to get out of these sins, and I'll feel more confident. Draw near. No, draw near to him, and he will create in you a clean heart. He will start to change you. Remember the vine and the branches stuff? You draw near to him, he's going to start trimming the branches. It's going to be more of him, less of you. Not just more working hard, do more, attend more, give more, serve more. No, draw to him and he will start to renovate. He'll start to do some demo work in your heart and change you from the inside out. So it's less of I'm doing this, everyone sees this, when really it bleeds from the inside out. And so we see here, we can draw to him with confidence. We have access to Jesus. Church, we have access to God. It's a beautiful thing that should spur us to want to spend more time with him. That's a resource that Jesus said, I'm leaving to you. We have victory. We have have overcome the enemy because of what's about to happen. And you can go to him. The second thing he says is he actually gives them the resource of clarity. We see that he gives them clarity in verses 29 through 32. This is what he says. His disciples said, ah, For the Father is with me. (laughs) I love the disciples because they remind me of me. (laughs) I I get tunnel vision. Do we get tunnel vision? Y'all, we believe. Okay, we get it now. Do you? Do you really believe? Do you? Do you really understand? This is one more example of a tragic misunderstanding. You know, they spoke up about this hour thinking they had full understanding of who who Jesus was. We know that you know all things and you do not need anyone to question you. But in that moment, Jesus abruptly (laughs) confronts their enthusiasm. He says two things. That in the moment of crisis, when that moment of crisis hits, when times get tough, they scatter. He saw it. He said, you're going to leave me. You're going to scatter. Then he says, "But the Father's Isn't that incredible? His friends, he knew would leave him. But then he shows his oneness with the Father. Yet I am not alone, the Father is with me. Jesus is enough to secure his relationship with the flock and is secure enough in his relationship with the Father that he won't feel abandoned. You know, when I think about the essentials of going on a journey, let's say a hike. You know, we've been talking about the traveler's you know, trail guide, the follower's trail guide. And, and probably the most important thing is some type of navigation, right? GPS, map, um, anything of that sort. You just need to know wh- where you're going. And it gives, in the simplest form, clarity to the one who's, who's traveling. You know, in this, the clarity that we need comes from what Jesus accomplished. His work of living the life that we could not live, dying on the cross as a sacrificial substitute on our behalf, and his resurrection And the clarity is going to come when his Holy Spirit is given. You know, they're confused. They're bewildered. Again, he's saying, you're going to get it. You will understand. One of the resources he's giving them is he's going to give them the clarity that they need through the Holy Spirit. And that's important because with them, they thought, man, we should all understand it now. Everything should make sense. But really, until the Holy Spirit rested upon them, there were still big question marks. Okay, what do we do now? Okay, we saw Jesus. He's he's, uh, risen from the dead and ascended to heaven. Okay, there's still question marks. The Holy Spirit is given. And he will uh, illuminate. The scriptures so they understand. He'll let them see things that they didn't see before. He'll remind them of things that Jesus said. Things that were hidden. Things that they couldn't comprehend prior. You know, I grew up in, uh, not grew up, I uh, lived in Hannibal, Missouri, the land of Mark Twain for about three years. That's where I had my oldest daughter, Hannah. Hannah. So I learned a lot about Mark Twain and learned about some of uh, the favorite quotes he had. And one of my favorite ones was, he said, it ain't the parts of the Bible that I can't understand that bother me. It's the parts that I do understand. Jesus' question or ironic statement to his disciples that stems from their confession in verse 30 is pointed to us as well. Do you now believe? Remember, he's the great question asker. Do you believe? We believe because we have clarity. And Jesus, in his victory, he provides us everything we need. And the final thing, that he leaves them so you got access, you will have clarity. And the final thing, he says, resource they have, is peace. Look at verse 16, chapter 16 of verse 33. I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. I've said these things to you that you may have Peace. peace. In the world you have tribulations. You have troubles. But take heart. I have overcome the world. You, you see in this last piece, the conclusion of the farewell discourse, it's all encapsulated in verse 33. Jesus' goal in teaching all these things has been for peace to his disciples, for peace for us. You know that word, tribulation or trouble, in the Greek, it's this word, thipsis. And that word has everything to do with this combination of troubles, trials, persecutions, all slammed together. In this world, you will have trials. You will have death. You have sickness. You'll have financial struggle. You have battles with mental health. You have battles with purpose. You have battles maritally. You have battles relationally. You will have battles that you can't even put into words, you just feel it. But take heart, be courageous, because he has overcome the world. The verb indicates that Jesus has almost like conquered the world. In the same way that he defeated the prince of evil of this world. And now he has defeated his opposition in a decisive way. We talk about it all the time. The enemy has been defeated. But yet I want to ask a very serious question. Do you have peace? That peace is connected to the vein of believing that Jesus has victory. Think about it. Do we have peace? Is there peace in our soul? Yes, what happy news we have in Christ, that he has given us victory, but do we have peace? Guys, we are loved by God. We are so loved. I love how Tim Keller says it. We are more sinful and flawed in ourselves than we could ever have dared to believe. Yet at the very same time, we are more loved and accepted in Jesus Christ than we ever dared to hope. Wow. We're not forgotten. We're not lost. Peace, ultimate peace that surpasses all understanding is ours in Christ. We can walk in this courage. We we can walk in this faith. And I get it. There are a lot of things that are not peaceful in our world, in our lives, in our homes. And I'm not saying that's going to disappear. But what it shows us is that in Christ, we can have peace through the storms, through the struggle. Because what he has accomplished on the cross. Because he has given us access. Because he's given us clarity, given through the Holy Spirit. And because he has given us that last verse in the farewell discourse. He's given us peace. Jesus' victory provides us with everything we need to follow him. Go back to that question in the beginning. Do you believe it? Thank you for joining us as we study God's word together. We would love to hear how God is moving in your heart and get you connected into the Woodside Bible Church family. Head to woodsidebible.org to introduce yourself to us today.